You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, what's up, listeners? So glad you're with us again today. I have with me Philip Sessions. Uh, Philip is a husband. He's a father. He's a Christian. He is a fitness enthusiast. So we can talk a little bit about that. Uh, he's a podcast ho- host. But what I really want to focus on is um, being a public speaker. And you are a speaking coach. Welcome to the show, Philip. Really nice to see you, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, we chatted the other day, and um, I'm just I'm I'm really kind of excited to get into the the public speaking discussion simply because I just talked with Brian Wright, who is mm. uh, helps people write their books, right? Mm-hmm. And he talked about how a book gets people more speaking um, speaking gigs and kind of like that reciprocity that that kind of recipe of like do this and then this happens and this happens and you know, you're a guy that talks about public, you're, you're building your brand. And, um, so I'm really looking forward to that, but tell me about being a fitness enthusiast. I've been in the fitness industry for a lot of years and, um, obviously you don't do that unless you're enthusiastic about fitness. So yeah. What, yeah, <laughs> man. And so it's funny along those same lines before I got into the speaking coaching I actually was lo- doing fitness coaching, so helping people out with that, you know, getting better with their nutrition and be able to get stronger and everything like that. But that fire I had for fitness really started burning out by trying to help other people, which is why I actually left the fitness coaching space. Plus I want to be able to help impact people on a, for me, and and don't get me wrong for those fitness coaches out there, you definitely can impact a lot of people. But for myself personally, I didn't see that future that I could really create a ton of impact. And that's where there was some other things in the mix of this, just trying to keep it short and simple. I switched to the speaking coaching so I could create more impact for others. And that's a big thing for me and why I've started the business is to be able to help create impact in this world. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting because a lot of uh, fitness industry or fitness owners, gyms, coaches, whatever, talk about having an impact, which mm-hmm. it is. It's a dis- generational impact you can have. But, but um, you know, just kind of that changing of your vision First of all, my my response to that is if you're not an entrepreneur, if you ha- you're not a real entrepreneur, if you haven't like shifted your vision and how how you want to impact the world, right? So for me, yeah. it's just like a rite of passage. All right, <laughs> you're you're a real entrepreneur. <laughs> nice man, I, I feel honored to be knighted on <laughs> on a podcast, virtually knighted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we'll see how far you get. No, I, you know, there's this fine line with entrepreneurs with like working until something sticks and stays, but also mm-hmm. more this this my vision is changing. My, my purpose has changed. I I've started to see bigger or differently. Um, or I, I feel like I can have a bigger impact doing X over Y. And that's Mm -hmm. essentially what you said. And that seems to be the biggest reason people change is, is just changing that, 
like that impact, like a different location. It's not necessarily always chasing money. It's, it's chasing impact. So yeah. when did that happen? How long were you in the fitness industry? So I was in it for about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Some of that where I kind of, if you will, a regret, I don't have a regret necessarily, but I do looking back, I, I can see where I didn't give it enough time for it to actually grow okay. like we were talking about, but that vision did change. So I spent about two and a half years there and I've been working on this for pretty much this whole year. A little bit into last year is when I started this through a position I had at BMW manufacturing where it was kind of brought up about, Hey, we need to create some presentation skills coaching for some of our lower level management. And I was like, Hmm, you know, I've been wanting to get on stages. This is something I know it's important being an engineer by degree and everything. I know there's a lot of people that need that help. And then I found out that engineering was not necessarily the best niche to go into, but but still (laughs) there's a lot of people that need that help to be able to get that message out. And Mm -hmm. so I knew a lot of it was fear. A lot of it's just not knowing what to do, what the strategy behind actually speaking and building up a personal brand looks like. And so these are a lot of things that I've kind of helped fill in those gaps on to help people get that strategy to help them be able to build that personal brand and get comfortable with speaking. Is getting on a podcast like this for some people is scary. Yeah. And oh yeah. Trust yeah, it's me. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah. When you get the one word answers and I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> this yeah. This person's frozen. What am I gonna do now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that host seat too. That's a big thing as yeah. well. A lot of people don't think about like, oh yeah, you got a podcast, it's great. You just get anybody on there. I've had several conversations where I've seen people even on social media or in a I guess a long form text post where it sounds like, man, this person could talk. And then you get them on the podcast and like you said, one word answer. You're like, dude, yeah. come on, man, work with me, please. Something. Yeah. And that's all you yeah. get. You're like, okay, cool. And you don't want to just keep asking questions because that's a boring podcast too. So how do you create that conversation? Boy, we probably could have a conversation around that this <laughs> yeah. whole time. So I have a group called um, Podcast for Profit or Launch Your Podcast <clears throat> for Profit. So it's a Facebook group to help people launch your podcast. Like, what mm-hmm. do you need to do? Because because I offer a, a podcast uh production service. I have a podcast course. I coach people. And it's just so funny because you'll get these people who are just dead set on doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. They don't even know what to talk about. They have a topic and they're like, my hardest part is knowing what to talk about. I'm like, well, you may have picked the wrong niche because I never have enough. I I mean, I always have too much. And, uh, and maybe that goes back to like, you know, the passion or maybe you're just not the right person for it. But yeah, yeah. it's definitely a unique skill. So I have a degree in psychology. I also have a degree in a master's degree in education. And for some reason for me, after I got through undergrad and went to college or graduate school, Mm. getting in front of people was never a problem. Like I am so much more comfortable talking to a group of 25 to 150 people than I am four people. Like you put me in a small group and I'm just kind of like, I'd rather just talk real deep one-on-one or two-on-one. You put me in a group of four or five and I'm that weirdo that's like, uh, you know, and I make a statement that has nothing to do with what they're talking about. And I just, I don't know what it is. So working with people on speaking, like, do you, what is your, what do you feel about that? Do you find people that just naturally can do that and then others that don't? And is that kind of where you kind of fill the gap? 
Yeah. Uh, so I don't necessarily fill that gap there. I help more specifically with the personal branding and then also with the speaking okay. behind all that. So just yeah. helping you be able to dial in your message and make sure that as you're speaking, you're speaking that clear and concise message. And then also with the actual technical skills of public speaking. But to speak on that for you, there's really the dichotomy there. And it's and it's difficult. And I struggle with that with like the smaller group, the one-on-one, two-on-one, not a big deal because you have this audience here that you know you're talking to them. Right. right. And then when you're over like 25 or whatever that arbitrary number is, once you get this big group, now you realize there's no way I can talk to everybody. So you have this like mental shift that you That's go from, true. I can talk to everybody when it's one or two people. I can talk to everybody when it's a hundred plus people. But when I'm talking to four people, I'm trying to talk to everybody, but I'm kind of at this like weird lull where it's like, I kind of can reach everybody, but I can't at the same time. And that's where it is awkward because you're trying to like look at everybody and make sure you get everybody equal okay. amount of time because you know, everybody's there looking at you. But when you got a hundred, I'm sure some people, uh, I'm just looking at my phone. I'm just doing my own thing. So that's where it's like that weird dichotomy. And so really just kind of have to work through it. And at that point, just depending on how you feel, if you can connect with everybody, great continue to do that like it's a one-on-one or a two-on-one. But if you're at the point where you feel like you're not connecting with everybody, just focus on that one individual or a couple of individuals and focus on them so you can make sure you connect with them because your message needs to connect with somebody or it's not going to be a good message. <laughs> right. So make sure yeah. that you're connecting at the end of the day. Yeah. And per- perhaps that's just, I think that's just always came natural to me. I find mm-hmm. the like, 10 people out of a hundred who are engaged, looking, have their, you know, nodding, doing the things. And then I automatically just disengage or don't pay any attention to someone who's distracted. Like, it's just like, because of those numbers, I never thought through it, but it must just because simply because of those numbers, like, well, that's not my audience at this moment, this person over here, I have their attention, but that is an interesting dichotomy because you put me, like you said, put me in front of four. And if one's paying attention, great. But if three aren't, I feel like I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I'm like, I just stop talking. Yeah. And no one will know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's because awkward. you can actually see that too, because you have the larger number. It's hard to tell yeah. exactly how many are actually paying attention versus not. And so when you have that, that just big enough that it's not everybody's going to pay attention, but it's small enough you can tell, that's when it does mm-hmm. get troubling and you start thinking about yourself. So remember, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the audience. So any right. speaking engagement you do, any message you share, it needs to be about the audience because when we've seen those commercials where we've seen people get on social media and post about them, 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 and you're like, all right, cool, whatever, move it on to the next thing. You just keep scrolling or you turn to the, right. the other channel. So make sure you're speaking to people <laughs> and that'll help out a lot with that fear and that anxiety. For sure. For sure. So let's talk about branding because this is, this was a new thing to me probably a year and a half ago, like this personal branding. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for a guy like me, and this has been on my mind a lot lately, how do I create a personal brand, but not like devalue or, or lessen the branding of my company? I think that's been like something, it's actually something I've been thinking a lot about because Mm -hmm. I've been like, well, man, do people even know that I have, you know, uh, an agency that serves small businesses? Do they even know that I have a podcast production company? Do they, they definitely know I have this brotherhood of fatherhood thing I talk a lot about. And so for me, I've been worried about 
not getting the right message, but then mm-hmm. kind of following these personal branding things, I'm, I'm like, it is a great opportunity for me because I was actually thinking about this this morning. Like, how do you do this? Yeah. So let's, let's actually go, what are you doing? So you said a lot of people know about your fatherhood brand, but they don't know yeah. about the other two. So on your personal page, do you talk about the fatherhood brand? So I talk about brotherhood of fatherhood okay. on my or, personal yeah. page. Yep. And then I also talk about, um, uh, well, I just had an event, so I talk about it a lot, mm. but, uh, like I just this morning, I posted something about virtual assistants because I'm like, I've had people ask me, well, you stop doing that. I'm like, no, I, no, I, I haven't stopped doing that. It's bread and butter, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and and then so I obviously haven't been posting about it, but it's really confusing to people because someone just reached out to me and said, hey, like they know about my business brand, my uh, my VA business brand. And mm-hmm. then they're like, so now you're doing podcasting. It's confusing for me. It's all it all lives under the same house. You know, it's, yeah. it's super, it's, it, it works. It, it, it's kind of the same service arm, just a different, you know, a different mm-hmm. set of parameters and then trying to, trying to get that out. Like these are all the things Scott does. And then when people ask her like, wow, you're really busy. And I'm still like, well, I have the brotherhood and I have my business. I, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, a well, one. Hey, that's why I have a VA. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So what I'm seeing here is that on your personal page, you mainly talk about uh, the brotherhood. Like that, mm-hmm. That's what you talk about. So that's why people know about that on their personal page. But you're not talking about the other things. So for, first of all, you need to start talking about the other things yeah. on your personal page so people can get to know what it is that you do besides your human name, Scott. Right. <laughs> so right. you want to talk about that. But to give more context to this, Let's take a look. So we know about Coke and Chick-fil-A, or most of us know uh, for sure Coke, Chick-fil-A. Maybe you don't know about it. I don't know. You're probably under a rock if you don't. Yeah. But when you think about these products or when you think about these companies, what do you think about? And it's their products. You don't think about the CEO. You don't think about anybody that works there. You just think about the product. But the problem we have as a small business owner is that people don't know our product or service. So when they think of us, they probably think of us, but then our product or service is something separate. So why we build that personal brand is so that when people think of us, they also think about our product or service. But also with that, it's not just about to think about our product or service and associate the two together, but you're also putting that personal brand in there as well, because let's face it. We all have products or services that other people have, that other big companies have. But what makes us different from that big company or even the other small business owners? And that's you and me. Right. So, And what I tell people when it comes to public speaking, I can say a message and you could say the exact same message. And that message is going to resonate with different people and it's going to come off completely different. And why is that? The message is exactly the same. It's apples for apples, but it's because of who I am. It's because of who you are that makes it different. So that's why you have to build that personal brand and be talking about your products and services within your personal brand so people, one, can associate you with that product or service, but two, because they're going to buy from somebody that they know, like, and trust rather than mm-hmm. buy. And that's what's going to differentiate you from another product or service. Because at the end of the day, 
a lot of times, especially when we don't know the product or service, let's say like a podcast hosting platform, I don't know who owns the company. Right. I'm, I end up looking at, okay, what kind of features we have? Okay. We have about the same features. Okay. Well, who's cheaper <laughs> at that point? And that's never <laughs> right. a fun game to play as far right. as from a small business owner perspective, but there's no person behind that. So now I'm just going based off of a dollar amount, which really goes back into your product or service. If you want to get away from this whole, okay, I'm the cheapest on the market. You need to be talking about yourself. People need to be bought into you. And Andy Frazella with First Form is one of those that does an amazing job yeah. with this. If you want a great example of who built a personal brand and has a company to go along with it, that's somebody to look at. He's got plenty of other businesses as well that do well, but First Form is obviously kind of his bread and butter, if you will. And because of that personal brand he's built and the credibility he's built, people will buy his product, even though it's one of the more expensive ones, if not the expensive, most expensive on the market for supplements and even now his workout apparel and everything. It, so that is why you build that personal brand. Yeah, this, that's a real interesting. I mean, it's really good. It's really good. And I just kind of sit back and I go, wow, maybe like there's too much because we, what you know with Andy Frisella is, you know, he's got a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. He's got, he's, he's part of, um, you know, a mastermind type group thing that he created mm -hmm. with someone else. And then he's got first form and then he has everything else. And I don't think many people know what everything else is. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe yeah. it's not important. And that's kind of where I was like, I, I literally, from these messages I got from people, a lot of people feel like if you're doing one thing, you can't do another thing. It's it's mm -hmm. like it's one or the other. And I think that's a per public perception that is, is is confusing. And you're right. More content around the all of it. But then there's this place where you can kind of get confusing to people who don't understand entrepreneurs. And I, another thing that made me think about this is a lot is I have a lot of new followers, friends on mm -hmm. Facebook, a ton of new ones. And I've been watching them on their personal branding. I'm like, what in the heck do they do? Like, I literally don't know what they do. Mm. And this is a brand, a problem and I don't want it to be a problem. And so this is why I'm obviously, I'm really happy to be talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I've definitely seen some people where I'm like, I don't really understand how their success happens because they built a great personal brand and you definitely mm -hmm. want to be around them as a person. But I don't see the business like ever, which right. I mean, it's hard. And even I struggle with where do you blend that in enough? But you have to have that blended in some until you build up that business enough that maybe it can run on its own. And maybe that's where some of these people are at. I haven't investigated enough because, I mean, to be honest, I just don't care to investigate that much on their business right. side. But right maybe that's where it's at for them. And I would say that for you, let's say a multi-preneur, uh, you know, serial entrepreneur, and for those of you that are, you have multiple businesses, focus on a couple of them, just like Andy Frazella does. He only talks about a couple of them because they're probably his main things because Arte Syndicate is about, you know, being excellent. It's about mm -hmm. helping people rise up and be able to do better to create change in this world. And then First Form is kind of like his main business. So he's kind of focused on two key pillars, which probably go back to his core values to help him build that personal brand. And then he just happens to have these others because he's became the successful business owner, but he doesn't talk about those so much. So for you, Scott, 
what I would do is go back and say, okay, which ones are the ones that like, you know, make me most proud, the ones that I'm most energized about. And that I think, you know, is it, are you going for a numbers game? Or are you trying to create the most impact on the most people? Or you just right. want to try and help on a specific product or service or for you, it's almost more kind of like that, that funnel as well. So what's that, what's the thing if they start up here? Cause like you said, they're all interwoven together. But if you can talk about one product or service that will then all of a sudden as they get into your environment, they say, oh, well, Scott does this too. Oh, and he does this and he does this. Then that's great. Then they can start finding that other stuff. But yeah, if you're trying to talk about every single service and product you do, it can get confusing. Yeah. So a confused mind is one that will never buy. So you also want to be careful with that. So I'm glad you brought that up. That is a yeah. clarity. Uh, I definitely wanted to make sure it was out there. Yeah. And there is, that still seems to be a, another thing. It's like when I look at some people and they tell me I do this mm. and I do this. Oh, and then I also do this in my mind. What I am doing is I'm like, which one are you really good at? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I think because I've been asking that of several people, I started <laughs> to kind of like internalize that. Well, wait, wait, like I feel I've always kind of had this I'll pursue something until I'm really good at it. I'll be mm. that, that guy, you know, it's like the, you know, they say you can't master a bunch of things, but I really do like, like to be able to do something very well. And just because I've moved on to something else doesn't mean I'm not good at the other thing. I used to own a bike shop. I, I was a master mechanic. I'm a very, very established, great bicycle mechanic. Really good. I could step in and fix somebody's bike today you know, with, with a little time and the right tools. And, but, but personally, when I look at somebody, I'm like, you can't be good at that. And that's, so I'm placing these beliefs on people yeah. that I don't even have about myself. So I'm trying to like, I think for any entrepreneur, any business owner, like that messaging is so incredibly important that people don't feel confused or they don't feel like you're like too spread thin. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the battle I'm looking at, but I look at, I'm, as I'm talking, I'm thinking of several people I know who are in the fitness industry because that's an industry I serve mm -hmm. um, the most. And they talk about it. It's really cool because you can talk about, you know, morning routines and habits and things because they're all pointing towards that fitness. They're all pointing yeah. towards health. So it's a it's a it's a it's an interesting web that we have to weave in this in building a personal brand. Yeah. And to also go back to all of this as well, I would figure out a way, I guess you need to make sure that you're showing and telling how all of this weaves together if you want to kind mm -hmm. of go through that. And sometimes it's kind of good. And what I like to do is give a life update, if you will, is to talk about all the things that are going on. And that kind of sparks that interest in people like, oh, I I didn't know you had that. Or like you just talked about with one of your friends that had used your VA service and they were like, oh, you're still doing that. I didn't realize that. And so bringing that's that up here and there, I think is a good thing as well, rather than just, okay, I'm just going to stay focused on uh, the, the brotherhood and the podcast. Like I'll bring up the other stuff here and there. So people know about that. So that kind of comes back top of mind, but not always focused on it because then it does get kind of confusing, but then also go that's in and talk about you know, bring it out of your head here and put it there on social media and let people know this is why I've done all these things because they all weave together. Like, okay, I do marketing, but then I help people with websites. So then I help people with video editing content and I, and I, you know, list can go on and on and I help people with photography, whatever. Well, that sounds like four different businesses to me. 
but they all right. kind of go together. But it all they started all with together. marketing. And so right. really even talking about that journey, how you got there is another great way because you're also educating your audience on what, who you are, what you what you do, how you got there and everything. So you're able to kind of educate along the way. And it's not about like, oh, yeah, look at me. I've got my seven streams of income because they say that uh, every millionaire has seven streams of income. And <laughs> right, right. Exactly. I think you just made a really, really great point. I think everybody needs to hear is give a life update. Yeah. And I, I, I see that as in multiple things. I see a live or, or like a real type thing where you're talking. I see, you know, posts. So that really gives clarity of like, hey, guys, here's what I'm up to. And the other day, last week, maybe the week before, because I have so many new people and I didn't get a lot of engagement, but was, hey, I want to know what you all do because I can't tell. And that was mm. my post. Like, yeah. And I listed what I did. And then I, I got like 15 comments of people and they said what they did. I was a little disappointed, but I looked at like 13 of them. I, was, I had no clue, no mm. clue. That's what you did. And I think that's yeah. probably the, the big message here where you're really talking is, you know, do people know what you're doing? Do people yeah. know what you have to offer? So how does public speaking kind of build into the public or the, like the, um, the personal brand? Let's kind of pull those together because I know that's something you do. You help people become better public speakers. Yeah, develop their public speaking prowess from the start. Yeah, exactly. So public speaking helps you actually be able to share that message because a lot of what it is, is people know knowledge, people can understand things, but how do you transfer that knowledge? And that's the toughest thing in the world. I give you an example with my, my wife and I, and this is where I failed to communicate properly. So we were having this ant infestation uh, probably about two months ago and there was a bunch of ants by the dog food and so i told her i'm like oh man there's a bunch of ants over here by the dog food and then later on she's like oh my gosh and there's ants over here by the dog food in the laundry room and i'm like yeah that's what i said <laughs> and then she's like oh i thought you meant by the dog food bowl where he eats at and i'm like oh i did just say dog food so i could see where that can be confusing so I was saying a message. I was telling her that, hey, there's ants by the dog food. But mm. what she thought was I'm at the dog food bowl. And what I really meant was a dog food container in the laundry room. So this is where public speaking comes in to help you out with sharing your message, your personal brand, or your even your business brand is being able to, oh, you really have to over communicate because you have to think from a perspective of what the audience is going to perceive from you because you know yourself like the back of your hand, right? You can look, you can look at the back of your hand and know yourself at all times, but they, they don't know what the back of the hand looks like. So you have to pretty much explain that to them. So learning how to communicate effectively will help you with that personal brand and that business. And so that's where the public speaking portion comes in. And then on top of that, having the confidence to speak about your product or service. And nobody wants to, um, you know, uh, talk to um, somebody that's just putting in all these filler words and are stumbling. And nobody wants to listen to that person, especially when you're first starting out. For another example for you. If Andy Frazella with his podcast, if he had some bad audio, I probably would still listen because he usually gives very good content, gives a lot of mm -hmm. great value with that podcast. So I'll disregard the bad audio on one or two episodes, although I haven't heard any bad audio, but I'll disregard that if I happen to hear it. 
But for somebody who I don't really know, they're not really a big name. I'm going to go ahead and go on through with the podcast. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I don't really care. I'm going to move on. So this is the same thing for you when you don't speak well, or if you have bad audio or bad video, people are just going to, eh, you know what? I'm going to move on. You know, Philip doesn't have that great of a message. I haven't really gotten much out of him. I don't really feel like listening to him, especially when I can't even understand him because his audio is so jacked up. So the same thing when it comes to speaking, if your speaking is so terrible, people aren't going to listen. But if you have a great message, people will let go of some of that. People will, okay, you know, he may not be the best speaker, but you know what? He's got a great message. I really like him. He's a great person. And they'll go ahead and forgive you for that. But people are a little unforgiving when they don't know who you are and you can't speak well. So just all of that is why and how public speaking helps you with that personal brand. Yeah, that's really good. I've put... uh been paying attention to public speakers for quite a while and the ones who just you're like yeah i learned something and then the ones who are like you're dialed into Mm -hmm. and you know really leave an impact and it's stories yeah the stories are the big difference Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about that because i've never seen myself as a great storyteller Mm -hmm. and i know that that is a big key in really keeping people's interest and attention. Yeah. So they're the quote facts, tell and story sell <laughs> So right there. You can tell facts all day long. It's hard for people to remember those facts. So we think yeah. about if you're going to college or you're in school, you're learning. And while it has its place, don't get me wrong to learn information. It's hard to retain that. But if I tell you a story around something that you need to learn, or if you learn through experience and you had this, you had to overcome uh, a tough obstacle where you had, you basically grinded your face or you fell flat on your face because you just screwed up. But now you have kind of this solidified story in your mind, like, Mm -hmm. okay, I better not do it this way again. Otherwise I'm going to get messed up again. Something's going to happen. And so same thing, if I could have told you that, or let's give a better example. I'm kind of going very, that's very generic. If I, Tell a kid, don't touch the hot stove because it's hot. What happens? They go and touch the hot stove. They got to have experience. They've got to experience it to learn it. And so that's what a story does for us because we can tell facts all day long to teach information. But when you give that story, it helps solidify that in somebody's mind. And then on top of that, usually you can draw out emotions through a story. If I just tell you fact one, two, three, four, you're like, okay, cool. I mean, that's great. That's great information. Let me try and write it down. And you're going to forget about it. You're going to forget about me. More important than that is when we're telling these stories, when we're trying to tell information to people, we want them to remember us and our our product. So if we're telling a story, we create this emotion. So even if they don't remember the whole point of the story, they'll remember that emotion. Like, oh man, Philip was hilarious. He made me laugh. Or, oh man, I remember Philip like talked about this specific thing and it seemed so crazy. But yeah, I mean, I've had that same situation. And so telling these stories help create that emotion, which helps people, one, remember the content, hopefully, that you gave them. But two, it helps them remember you, which is important and probably more important, to be honest, for you to be able to get back in in front of them. Because if they don't remember you, they're not going to remember your product. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. I mean, it really makes a lot of sense. Even thinking of, you know, some of my own stories 
basically like origin story of why brotherhood of fatherhood there's like mm-hmm. four different you know stories that kind of point to this one direction or even origin stories of a business <clears throat> i've been on podcasts and the response is when i'm able to tell the story of the why mm-hmm. the response is much greater like the leads come in if i'm just selling someone just ask me about facts about the business and they're asking me about like you know the nuances of how work gets done and and it goes nowhere. But if I tell them, if I'm, I'm able to say, Hey, look, this is what I experienced as an entrepreneur. These are the the struggles I had. And here's how I was able to solve those problems. And here's what happened. All of a sudden wheels are off. I'm getting leads. People are calling me. Hey, I need mm-hmm. your help because you've made that connection. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard to do. It's not that easy. No, not at all. Not at all. And you want people to think about you in in this context so when they think about you think about behind the scenes people love behind the scenes because they can see who you are outside of just your business persona or outside of that Mm -hmm. personal brand's persona they want to see behind the scenes because they want to see that you're just like them and so when you're telling a story when you're sharing content about yourself you need to put it in a way that is relatable so they can say man Philip or man, Scott is just like me, but they realize that you're, you're a little higher than them. You're, you're a little further along in that journey than them, but they know that you can relate back to them. For instance, if I had the rock as my personal trainer, I don't think he would understand that. Hey man, I've got kids. I've got this job. I do all these things because guess what? The rock has tons of money. He can pay, I mean, I guess he trains himself, but if he really wanted to, he could pay for a trainer. He basically pays people to cook food for him, if he, I'm sure. And he just has, he could, if he wanted to, he could have takeout every single day. That was like specifically what he wanted. But for a lot of us, we don't have that disposable income to be able to do that. So he can't relate to the person that doesn't have enough money to pay for a trainer, barely has enough money to have a gym membership, barely has enough money to eat more than rice and beans. So how is he going to relate to that person? So you may want to make sure that the message that you're sharing is something that's going to be relatable to the person that's probably one, two, three steps behind you. Because if you're like the rock and you're trying to help somebody who's just getting started in fitness, there's going to be a huge disconnect right there. So make yeah. sure that you're sharing that message that creates that connection of, you know, Scott knows exactly where I'm at. And Scott, I know can help me because he's on the path where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a, that's a really good point. So what is the point? I got a few questions and then I want to talk about one more thing. Okay. What's the point of getting on a stage and talking to people? Honestly, at the end of the day, it's a way for you to create more leads and also get more brand awareness for yourself. And to me personally, I think it's a way for you to be able to create more impact and be able to give out because there's no other place that you can really get in front of hot leads, if you will, people that are ready, most likely to buy your product or service because a person and I'm not advocating to pitch from stage. There's definitely places for that. But if they're coming to an event, as long as that event coordinator, that host of that event did it properly, they strategically planned out each speaker and what the audience was for and what the whole point of that event was for, then you're going to have a bunch of hot leads at that event. 
Right. But if it's just like your best friend decides like, hey, it'd be kind of cool to throw this event and do this. And you've got one person speaking on fitness, another one on podcasting and this other person about, I don't know, just something other super let's art. And then we got somebody talking about engineering. It's like, how, how do all these relate? It's that's not a great stage to be on. But if you can have somebody that's talking, let's just go fitness. You got somebody's talking about wellness, somebody talking about yoga. We got CrossFit. We've got powerlifting, like all these just different avenues of fitness. You're probably not going to have a hundred. I mean, you're never going to have a hundred percent, but you're probably going to have a good percentage of people that are hot leads that would be right. interested in your product. And so that's why you want to get on that stage to speak because it's just another opportunity to create social validity that you are the authority in your space, but then also you get those hot leads because it's people that are there ready and willing to look at services like yours or products. Yeah, it's a really, really good point. Uh, I have friends that get on stages whenever they can and they're mm -hmm. really, they're really searching it out. And I think about marketing and it's not, I'm just, I'm trying to say this in a positive way for myself. It's not a strength I naturally have. Mm. But when I get on a podcast as a guest, I can market the crap out of what I'm doing because I can tell stories. I imagine yeah. it would be the same getting on stage. I can tell them. I can give them value about something that would really help improve their life. Not selling my service, but just selling them on the the story that I have and the the, the reason it works. Why virtual assistants work. Why mm -hmm. having podcast production done for you is better and cost efficient. Those types of things, those are super easy for me to get to in that format. So it's, it's an awesome, actually. Yeah. It, I just came to my own conclusion. So thank you for that. <laughs> nice. You're welcome, man. That's, yeah. that's the beauty of, yeah. of podcasting and having your own podcast yeah. is that you literally get coaching from having people on your podcast. It's been pretty epic. Oh. Yeah. This, yeah. this podcast stories that sell has been really cool. <laughs> and then I have brotherhood of fatherhood. Of course, I'm talking to men who are going through things with, with, with parenting and with, mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, relationships. And it's like, yeah, this is cool. I'm learning. And that's the thing, you know, put yourself in places where you can learn from people who are better than you. Um, exactly. So go start that podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody go start that podcast. Reach out to me. I can help you all the way through yeah. that. Um, I can teach you how to monetize it. Well, as well, uh, the, <laughs> thanks for the, thanks for the commercial. <laughs> The, the thing that drew me to comment on your content was a comment you made about kind of being that invisible guy. And I really mm -hmm. related to that before I found podcasting, before I kind of found my way into what messaging I have for the world, I felt like every time I went into a room, I was completely invisible. I'd try and yeah. go have those awkward conversations. And it was just like, you know, like, like back to high school or middle school where everyone's kind of squeezing you out. And I'm like, and I, I lived that personification of myself. I believed that mm -hmm. lie is that I didn't have anything to attribute to the greater masses and other men were greater leaders than me because they could command attention right in, in that moment. So you had made, you, you made a post about something to that nature and that's how we connected. So let's talk about your experience in, in, in that, if you will. Mm. It's been a long journey for me, man. I definitely have had to overcome all of that. I mean, being that shy kid, being that kid that felt like he was passed over, that nobody really cared about, that 
and even today, it seems like a lot of times whenever I get included in something is when things need to happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you know, Philip's great. We we know he knows his stuff, but we're going to go ahead and go with other people until it's like, oh, man, I mean, we're, we really need to get this done. Can you help us out? And it just kills me because I'm like, guys, if you would just actually use me at the beginning, I could actually help you make it get yeah. done a lot quicker. Uh, and so just through all that, it's just been it's been a journey to to be honest. And it's been it's been tough. It's definitely been something I've had to get over uh, from a mental perspective, because a lot of times I still devalue myself and the value mm-hmm. that I bring to an audience, to people around me, because I've always been passed over. I've always been looked at as or what I felt like the little guy, even if I wasn't the little guy, I was always like, eh, you know. Phillips there, we're going to go ahead and go with somebody else instead and always getting passed over. But it's also created the hunger in me and made me want to help that little guy, that guy mm-hmm. that's always gotten passed over because of that. And so I use that to really fuel me to be able to help more people. And really going back to that post and how we connected on that, you could resonate with that because I shared that story. And right. so that's another reason why you need to share about yourself on your personal stories to build your personal brand. So yes, you built, you blend in some of that business, but also talk about you on a personal perspective. So that way people can actually, again, resonate with you. You want to make sure that they feel like they know you, that you kind of are them. There's something about you that they recognize because when they can start recognizing that you're a lot like them, they're going to start treating you almost more like family or something. And family helps family out. Family wants to be around family. People want to be around familiarity. So that's why you share that as well. So I didn't really answer your question uh, uh, too well there. but No, but you you did give me some some things to think about because it it was just this question of why do does a guy like me who I feel Mm -hmm. like I have a lot to offer even in groups? Why is it when I get into a group into a room, I feel smaller? And I think there's this this, uh, cycle that happens. Like you get passed up once and you believe that lie. Well, maybe Mm -hmm. I don't have something. And then that lie comes in every time you're in that circumstance and that's going to live in your face. It's going to live in the way you stand. It's going to live in the way you talk. And, um, it's, it's just a really interesting study because for me, like, kind of like you said, now I've got something to prove. Now I'm Mm -hmm. at this place where, well, that's a lie. That's not true. I have a lot to contribute. And maybe I'm not audacious or like super outgoing where I make the noise. And because I'll sit in a I'll sit in a public situation with five guys and I'm like, this guy is annoying, annoying the hell out of me. And everybody's glued to him and they're glued Mm -hmm. to him for the rest of the week. And so then I'm I'm starting to think, okay, what about that? Like, I just see it as blowing, tooting his own horn the entire time. And then people are like attracted to that. What? And I'm not. And maybe that's mm-hmm. a little bit of it is like, I'm not attracted to that type of behavior that pulls in other people. I'm still trying to kind of unpack the entire thing, but I, I do this like study of people in the room and I'm like, <clears throat> usually the person who's getting the most attention is the person who's bugging the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you felt the same way? Yeah. Oh no, I, I totally. And I think what it, 
comes down to, and from what I can tell from you, you're a very humble person. And obviously, this doesn't sound humble, but I'm uh, I'm a fairly humble person myself. I know, it's hard and to I, say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I try to put people before me, and because of that, and we see these people that are so arrogant like that, yeah. and that just kind of toot their own horn and everything. And it's like really, and I th- think it's kind of a twofold thing. Like one, it's like you don't really need to be arrogant like that for people to realize that you're great. And then two, it's like, you know, I can do the same thing probably even better than you, but I'm not going to come up here and brag about that. But what really goes back to, and what I've struggled with, with personal branding is kind of tooting that on horn, because Mm. if you're not telling people about your accomplishments, the things that you're doing, the things that you got going on, because you're trying to be the humble person, then people aren't going to get to know what it is that you do. They're not going to get to know about you. So you do have to brag a little bit. You know, don't brag so much as like, oh, look at me. You know, I'm so great. But say like, hey, man, this was an awesome accomplishment that I had. And this is what I had to do to get there. So if you really want to kind of brag about yourself so people can know what it is that you do or what you've done, throw in a lesson learned from that too, because that's going to be the greater thing that people really need to know. Because it's great if you made six figures this month or seven figures this month. How'd you do that? Right. What What did it take for you to get there? That's what I want to know. And that's Me what too. a lot of people want to know. I mean, hey, great. Hey, we're going to clap for you. You made six and seven figures, but we want to know how you got there because we want to do that same thing. So don't just sit there and talk about like, oh yeah, I did this. Give that example as well so people can learn from you, but then they can also learn about you and what you got going on so then they can continue to support you. I think that's a great way to kind of blend that in, especially from those of you that are more on the humble side and don't like to talk about what you do. Yeah. I mean, it's it. I always think of that. You know, I hate to brag, but I'm the most humble person in the room. And it's a hard position to be in. And it was just a joke, but it's a hard yeah. position to be in when you really don't want to brag about yourself mm-hmm. because that is really what people are doing. That's drawing other people to themselves. Mm-hmm. I was able to do this, but then they, they tie it in with the story, which makes a lot of sense. And then people want to have that success. So they're latching on so that they can figure out what the ticket is to that success. Yeah. You, you just opened up a little bit of the, the equation in my head. Because I have some really great friends and I love talking to them. But when I get in a group with them, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, man? Like, yeah, you're good, but come on, let up for a yeah. minute. But yeah. it works so well for them. And they're oh, never that question. They're making... Like, what? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, get them off their, their rocker a little bit there. Ask them, well, how'd you do that? Yeah. Yeah, tell us how you did that. I, I want to be able to learn how to do that myself. How did you right. do that? And of course, be yeah. genuine with it. Don't try and knock them off their pedestal <laughs> just to knock them off. But <laughs> ask them that nice. question. Right. Yeah, that, that'll probably bring them down a notch. You're like, oh, you know, that's a good question. And they're like, yeah. well, I, now I can't brag about myself. And now you're probably going to be less annoyed and hopefully you'll learn something from it. Right. <laughs> I had a lesson about a, about six months ago. I, I created a mastermind actually a year ago with a, a, two other buddies of mine. We created a mastermind. It was a fitness industry mastermind. And um, we're in the room and one of the guys just looked at me and he said, Scott, like you have to stop undermining what you have available. Like when you talk, like when you say, I have a solution to this or, mm-hmm. hey, listen to me about X. We get so much value out of that. 
I had mm. to have someone actually say mm. that to me and stop me and intentionally say, you need to share this often and frequently because people don't know you have it and the value of it is insane. And I just had this happen last week. And I, I literally at the very moment turned down an opportunity because I didn't believe it myself. And the guy came to me because he knows what I can do. And I, I reflected wow. on that. I'm like emailing. I'm like, dude, <laughs> like I had time to reflect. <laughs> Don't let's not close the door on that yet. But uh, this self-sabotage yeah. and I'm sure you've probably had some of those things where you, there's a self-sabotage out of protection and out of yeah. like maybe we don't even believe that we are have that value that we have. And I, I just love what you're doing because I mean, obviously you're taking something that you needed to work on and now you're using it as a superpower and you're helping yeah. other people engage in this superpower, which of course is what I was very attracted to in your post. It's like, Oh, this guy would one. I love on authentic, authenticity and vulnerability. I love mm. it when people are very vulnerable and say, life sucks in this area for me right now. Mm. And cause then I feel like, Ooh, I can help or yeah. I can find someone that can help. And, um, but that connection, I mean, there's a lot of lessons for our audience here about what you did, how we got on the phone together, and now how you are on my podcast, being authentic, being real, being vulnerable, and telling a part of your story. Yeah, so and be open. Uh, with that, be be open, too. So many people, uh, they'll sit there and say, man, I don't know why nobody nobody will help me or why things never happen for me. Have you talked about it at all? Have you put yeah. it out there for people to yeah. know about? Because, yeah, like, man, oh, I'm just going through a rough time right now. This this, and this and this are going on. Well, now somebody knows how they can help you because you're going through yeah. a rough time. They didn't know before that. So don't always share all these rough times and don't be always a Debbie Downer, if you will. But talk <laughs> about things. Talk about life. People want to know about life and want to yeah. know ways that they can help you, especially if you're one that's already providing value. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I've gotten a ton of value out of this conversation. Um, you do speaking coaching. You're a speaking coach. Uh, your name is really cool. Is that <laughs> literally your last name is Sessions? Yep. And you're, you've walked it into the brand. So yep. <laughs> uh, tell us your brand. Tell us how we get reach, get in hold of you. Because I think everybody who's an entrepreneur or or a business owner needs to really latch onto this and probably needs to reach out to you and like get their self going in that direction. So yeah, those, so if you want uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to speakingsessions.com. Uh, sorry. Hey, you go to speakingsessions.com to be able to find me there on my website or you can contact me at uh oops. You can contact me at uh <laughs> Distractions. Well, contact me there. Sorry. Yeah, I got yeah. a I got a call from work uh there. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I accidentally answered it on top of that. Uh <laughs> So anyways, you can find me on speaking sessions and you can find me on Instagram at I am a Philip sessions. That's awesome. That's awesome. I would highly encourage you guys to do this. This has been super valuable for me. I've learned a ton. I've already, (laughs) I have takeaways personally. I mean, I literally have notes of posts to make and think conversations to have. And I hope that our listeners kind of latched onto that because there's so much to learn here and here you are giving. And I really appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Make sure you check out the show notes or the description or whatever on YouTube. Uh, if this, if this, you're seeing this on social media, well, you're not. You're listening to me. Go check this out because Philip's contacts in there. Reach out to him. And uh, thank you for being a listener. We'll see you again. Hey, hey, hey.
Thank you for listening to the Stories That Sell podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week. 